to another episode of the Intentionally Raw podcast, where we believe in keeping it real, remaining authentic, and striving to win. My name is Dominique, but you can call me Dom. And my name is Kenesha. We're just two sisters who believe in challenging ourselves, having those hard conversations, and being intentional in our lives. We hope you will stick around as we dig deep into all kinds of conversations, from personal development, mental health, relationships, communication, and so much more. Feel free to like, subscribe, and share with a friend. Let us know what you think, and if you would like to be a part of the conversation, let us know. We would love to have a chat. Shout out to you for tuning in to another episode. I don't know if we ever spoke publicly about how hard it is to really put yourself out there on social media, but it's really hard, especially when you're sharing your personal thoughts and lived experiences. It can get scary. However, today we're going to get it a little personal and talk about mental health, and we'll touch on some of our own experiences with therapy. I hope you enjoy this conversation, and we will go ahead and jump right into the quote of the day. So today, the quote of the day is emotional pain is not something that should be hidden away and never spoken about. There's truth in your pain. There's growth in your pain, but only if it's brought out into the open. Stephen Atchison. I think growing up, it was, for me, it wasn't something that I felt like was talked about a lot. I feel like you might have known people who went, but something super traumatic had to happen for them to be going. Like, it wasn't like a a maintenance thing. Like, it's when you take your car to get an oil change and you're, you're keeping up with the maintenance. It was more so something super traumatic happened and now you're in therapy. And other than that, you didn't really hear about it. And then with us growing up in Lake County, um, and there wasn't really a lot of people of color you didn't really start to hear the stigma around um, people of color going to therapy until like we kind of moved to SAC, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think that there was absolutely no conversation that happened around (sighs) therapy at all. I think that there was, I can remember a little bit um, like with peers and things as far as it pertains, and you didn't use the word mental health, obviously. You would use like depressed or things like that, but... um, Overall, from like adult to children, it or adult to preteens or teenagers, right. it wasn't a conversation that was had. And I even remember like, um, you would kind of like joke about some of the things. Like, um, I don't know if you want to bring this up. Go ahead. I know what you're saying. <laughs> like, if we were going through it, right? Like, it would even be, and this it was a complete joke. It was no harm meant by it or anything like that. But we would say like, oh, you know, Dominique's on suicide watch. Right, Dominique's right. on suicide watch. Um, not meaning like we literally think we're going to, they're like one another's going to do something to themselves, but more so like. They're going through something. They're going through something. So yeah. let's make sure we're checking in on them. Right. It was like our own way of just checking in on each other. Right. And I think it's important with that, just really quick. I think it's important to just emphasize, you know, people be overly sensitive. Yeah. It was just our household. Like, it yeah. wasn't like if our friends were going through something, we were like, they're on suicide watch. It was literally just something that we said in the house and we all knew what was meant by it. Yeah. And, you know, we all knew that it wasn't any harm. Yeah, I do think that it's probably not the best thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, looking back, I'm like, why do we even say that? Right. But at the time, when you don't, ha- when you don't know about mm-hmm. mental health and how serious it is, 
you can like those type of things do happen. That's a real conversation that's happening in people's households. They right. just don't know. Right. Um, but then also I feel like younger when whenever you were feeling like an intense feeling, it's almost like you didn't want you didn't want to speak about it because you didn't want to feel crazy. Right. It's like if people knew that you were feeling this strong emotion. It had a connotation of being like, oh, you're crazy. Right. So I think, like, overall, that that's all. Yeah, I think that people try to connect your mental health issue mm-hmm. and, like, correlate it with, like, your mental state. And I can feel a way emotionally without my mental state being in question. And I think that that, again, being younger, you don't really have the words to say that, but you are scared to say something because you don't want your mental state to be questioned. Yeah, and I feel like that's the reason why. Because I remember in, like, I would say right after, probably like the last year of middle school. Middle school is eighth grade, right? Yeah. So eighth grade going into high school, that's when a lot of your peers, that's when they're doing self-harm. And I feel like it's because there's no conversation about it. You don't, like, you don't want to feel crazy, so you like doing it. And trying to wear long sleeves and right. doing little things to yourself. So, but that's why I feel like it is because there's no conversation about it. And then if you think about it too, you just brought up self harm. You, for me, the bias is that when you think of mental harm, you, especially when we were younger, you think of like emo kids, right? Mm-hmm. And even with that, if you were emo, just kind of sense very emotional, right? So they're already putting a negative connotation on just being emotional in general. And then when you think about, um, the self-harm part is like if you're doing that then you must be emo which was looked at like you're weird and so again it goes and i don't i don't want to be the one to say it so again i don't want anyone to feel offended by what i'm about to say but this is this is really how it was then and i don't view it like this now but even with that emo had like a white connotation behind like we were like that's like oh that's white people stuff right and that's not the way that it is and that's part of the problem with mental health right is that we view it like that but that i remember it used to be that you in your mind when you think of it you think of the jet black hair right the the hair all swinging in their face they quiet individuals. They told us that, like, that's really what you thought, like, as a kid, that's what you thought it was. Right, right. Yeah, it's crazy. And because of not having the right um, verbiage of how to talk about how you felt or not, um, you know, the negative connotation with being emotional, your mental state being questioned, you didn't hear about it. You didn't hear about therapy often. Um and so then it leaves you, like you said, there's the self-harm. There's a lot of people start getting um, stuck on alcohol or other type of drugs young because you're really, they're your coping mechanisms and you're not being shown anything else. You see your uncles, your mom, your dad, whatever, they all have these issues and they're drinking all the time or they're smoking all the time or they're doing whatever. And so it's like, instead of there being a healthy habit of like, oh, the way you cope with this is that you go to therapy, it turns into something else where it's like the way you cope with this, you do all these other things. I think not not having the conversations about it led to feeling like it wasn't an avenue for us. Right. I think that a lot of people... 
um, they don't even realize that they are that they have lived through some traumatic experiences that are therapy worthy. Right. Uh, and first of all, let, I, I want to remove that statement. <laughs> I don't even think that there's anything that you would need to be thinking is this therapy worthy. I think in general, I think ther- therapy is for everybody. Right. And I feel like the way that people view therapy is like you have had to have like some because people have gone through some things. Right, right. But that just because yours isn't wasn't the same as somebody else's doesn't mean that you aren't processing something that you need help with. And I think that that is important. I think that's very I think that that's very important to um to recognize is that every the way trauma hits for everybody is different. Yeah. Um you might have just dealt with death and you might need help with that and someone else could have went through something that socially seems like it was so much worse and they you know might need therapy for it too but it never minimizes the the help that you that you need so i think that's super important to to recognize i feel like there were times where i felt like you know what i do need somebody to talk to mm-hmm. i don't want to talk to my dad or my sisters i don't want there's this level of like not wanting to be judged mm-hmm. and there's this level of like openness that you can have with someone that you know you're only going to see you know for a little bit but even with like being younger it wasn't it didn't really become like maybe I should go to therapy until I was like 16 maybe Mm -hmm. and um and to be honest I didn't realize at the time it was just like I get mad fast I need to go to I need to go to therapy um, but that was simply just it. Can I ask you what made you think that, because that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Your thought process was you need to go to therapy because you were getting mad quickly. A lot of people, they first thing is anger management. Right. What was the difference between anger management and therapy for you? Um, I think it was because, um, it seemed like it was. Uh, hereditary for me. <laughs> so, um, I felt, and then there were certain things that made me more mad than others. Mm-hmm. So it was like, maybe I need to figure out why this particular thing is making me so mad type of thing. Yeah. Um, but also because obviously you were the, <laughs> it's not a good thing, but you were the, punching bag to most of my anger like literally and so it was also like uh there was the emotion behind it feeling like I'm uh what's the right way to put it I never felt like you weren't there because of like the interactions that we had but knowing that like I could possibly be ruining something because of it and so I don't know. It just didn't feel like anger management was going to take care of all of that. I feel like it was going to be more of like a woo-saw type of thing. Like, oh, you feel yourself getting mad? Woo-saw. Because I remember, I remember kids that used to be around that took anger management. And I wonder if they just would have been offered therapy, would it be different? Because, and I'm not going to throw no names out there, but there's some people that I know that took anger management that their anger never, <laughs> their anger never got fixed. So for me, and I might be completely wrong, for me, anger management is like, once you're angry, once you're angry, let's figure out how to manage it. I feel like therapy is like what's getting you angry. Let's let's figure out that part, right? And so I feel like at the time, 
I didn't really make the difference between the two. I just didn't think that anger management, I didn't think I needed anger management. I think I, I felt like I needed something more like emotional based. But now I'm happy that I didn't go to anger management because I don't feel like that would have helped. Yeah, I know. And I think even like knowing the ones that come to my mind, knowing the things that they have went through, I think the therapy probably would have been a better answer to them. <laughs> but right. like when I felt, cause I felt like I needed to talk to people. I don't think I had considered therapy until I was well into my adulthood. Mm-hmm. I think that when I was younger, I didn't, I feel like I, I feel like, like I tell myself that I used <laughs> to process my emotions fairly well. Uh-huh. Um, and as I got older, I learned that it wasn't really processing them. I kind of was suppressing them. Mm-hmm. And I just did that very well for a very long time. <laughs> but I think that um, me, like, at that time, it wasn't so much of, like, therapy. They can help me process it. It was like, I always felt like, man, I would just wish that so- I had somebody who understood what I'm feeling that I can talk to. Right. Because sometimes... Um, when somebody knows you, because when you have people around you that just know you so well, right? sometimes they can't always be the person that you go to for certain mm-hmm. things. Um, especially if they're, they might love you, but they could say something that could harm you even worse. Right. And like mentally, not like physically harm you. But sometimes they could be, they'll add that little smart remark at the end or yeah. they can bring it up later on. So it'd be scary sometimes choosing who to go to. Right. Um, but I always used to feel like I needed somebody to talk to. I just n- never considered therapy at the time. And it's crazy because even though I thought about it the first time when I was like 16, I didn't think about it much after that. It wasn't really a thought too much after that um, until I got into my adulthood. And I feel like it was a tough, it was a tough road. It was so in California, you have, you know, Medi-Cal which is the government um, helping you with healthcare, and there's so many things that you have to you have to go through, and so I remember setting trying to set my first appointment. What made me initially be like I need you know to go to therapy was that um, I just feel like when you when once you start getting like real close to someone, and in my situation it was my spouse, it brings out parts of you right, and it was like, hmm, I don't really like this. And so it was like, okay, let's go ahead and try to let me go ahead and try to get into therapy, especially since it's like already felt like a years ago, but just never acted on it. So going through Medi-Cal was like, let me try to see, let me try to get to therapy. So make all these calls. Eventually someone calls me and I do a on the over the phone assessment. When the over the phone assessment, they're like, oh, you're bipolar. Let's go ahead and get you. I remember that. Yeah, it's like, let's go ahead and get you an appointment. <laughs> so now I'm freaked out. Like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> like, bipolar. Right, I'm bipolar. What are you talking about? And so that within itself was traumatic for me when it happened. I remember crying, like, all the time until my first appointment. Like, I don't want to be bipolar. Like, I don't feel like I'm bipolar. Then it, it makes you start feeling crazy. Like, am I reacting this way because I'm bipolar? Like, you know, it just is ridiculous. So eventually... Going to therapy, I'm not bipolar, but um, going to therapy, having a 20 minute conversation with someone and then they're prescribing me medication. You don't really know anything about me. You don't know anything about what I've really gone through, none of that. And you're trying to put me on medication and then we're not supposed to see each other for, for months. So a 20 minute conversation and then a 
five minute phone assessment. I'm on medication. Like what? And I didn't feel comfortable with it. So I didn't take the medication um, and tried to figure out a different way to get into some type of therapy. So that was my first, like, let me try therapy. And it was <laughs> That's ridiculous. Scary. That's like the, that is like the prime example of why people don't want to go to therapy. Right. Because of that reason. And you hear so often that it's like therapy is, or yeah, like, uh, psychiatric drugs and stuff like that is just for the money and in that moment it kind of fulfills that thought that it's just like dang like you're really here just to get money because you're prescribing me they prescribed me three medications the first time after 20 minutes imagine how many people are being misdiagnosed imagine how many people is really taking the medication mm-hmm. what that is crazy and it was and it was it made me like I'm not going how old were you 21. 21? I was like, I'm not going. Yeah. Like, no. That's tough. Yeah. Like, there's a... That's crazy. And that shouldn't be... I feel like... See, for me, I started going. Like, what made me think that I needed to start going was... I don't know how to even get there. But (laughs) basically, I feel like there was a lot of real life events that was taking place back to back and it just became overwhelming for me and then it got to the point where I was experiencing some real anxiety behind right. it and so because of everything that was just going on and it was so real it, it is crazy to me because I used to think of anxiety of just like you worrying or whatever mm-hmm. anxiety has real body like it makes your body feel different. It right. causes you to like it's it's crazy. But what made me realize like okay, I really got to do something about it was that time when I was at work and I felt like I couldn't breathe. I always felt like my chest was too t- like too tight. I thought I thought that I had COVID like 15 times. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz it's like it, it was no other reason to why like I couldn't figure it out. It was like right it really was affecting my breathing and all types of stuff. So I was on the phone with the advice nurse every other day trying to figure out, <laughs> like, I can't breathe. This is how I'm feeling and all this type of stuff. So I was like, okay, let me really try some therapy. Um, and my experience was trash too. <laughs> I did not like it. And I haven't went back. I know you went back. Yeah. But I haven't went back. And I don't know if I really, I think that the only way I would go back to therapy is if, I had the money to pay for one of my choice. Right. I think for me, when I, the first time that I went, I don't remember what plan, like medical plan I had. Um, but I didn't want to go after that. And I just kind of dealt with whatever I was dealing with. And then a few years later, it kind you know, situations was happening. And I realized that when certain things happen, it made me feel a certain way. And I was able to correlate Mind you, First of all, let me say this. Me being able to make the correlation, I feel like it was because of the things that I was listening to mm-hmm. and the things that I was watching, like podcasts about growth and stuff like that. So it had my mind already like, what's the word? I'm already analyzing certain stuff. Like that's the the mindset that I was in was to analyze my own behavior. So then when I'm noticing that like when this happens, it makes me feel like this, which is how I felt when this original thing happened. I was like, okay, time to get back 
you know, into trying to get a therapist. And so that point I had Kaiser and I remember being really adamant about, I need a therapist. I need a mental health therapist, not a psychiatrist. I don't want to see anybody that prescribed me medication. And at first it was a little tough. Me being the first one like in that I know to go through that, it was kind of tough. Like I had to have another appointment and then they did a outside referral and then it was my job to find a therapist that way in which I ended up finding one, which was a great experience. But once I figured out how to do it to help other people do it, it was real easy. It was like, right. well, you just got to tell them this. You just got to do this. Uh, but yeah, when I found my therapist, I feel like it was one of the best decisions that I made in years because it like the perspective, uh, the conversations, the the things that she helped me bring to light. Yeah, like now I'm like go to therapy. Right. So I'm wrong with you. Just go to therapy. I'm telling you, just <laughs> go to therapy. If you don't like that therapist, go to a different one because therapy works. Like it ended up being a really really good experience for me and things. I uh, I still recognize myself doing some of the things that I learned now to help cope with certain things or to even, a lot of it was a shift in the mindset. Noticing that like I felt a certain way about some things and I was internalizing a lot of it and being able to take the ownership away that like this isn't really, this wasn't really my fault or this really didn't have anything to do with me or whatever the circumstance was, being able to give people back what was theirs and me not holding on to it changed the world, the difference of just how I communicate with people, how I take things personal, how I deal with people. I think another thing that was like super helpful for me is, is even though it seems very obvious, mm-hmm. it didn't feel as obvious in action. Um, being Holding yourself accountable for how you Um, respond to things, holding yourself accountable for how you react to people or the things that you say to people and not taking ownership of their feelings. Yeah. And that, that alone was like, what? (laughs) Like, like I don't have to be upset or overthink how I'm going to do something or how I'm going to say something. I feel bad because I want to say something, but I didn't or whatever. Like I have to be in full control of myself and then, you know, however you take it, it's how you take it. As long as I'm being respectful and, you know, compassionate and stuff. But that alone, I feel like if I didn't go to therapy and learn that, I would have been still caring so much of other people's stuff. Saying it's your experience that doesn't make me shut out therapy altogether. <laughs> I think that, because two things, I suck at making doctor's appointments. So... <laughs> I feel like the process of having to like go find your own therapist and mm-hmm. you know, I feel like even with that, you still might run into a crappy one. Right. And then you have to do it all over again. That part is annoying. Right. So I feel like, like I said, I think that if I ever had a really good referral and the only reason I don't take yours is because <laughs> she already knows you and you know, I get it, conflict of interest and all that. So I wouldn't, but once I can get a good referral to somebody who. Um, is more realistic than the one that I had, then I feel like uh, I would be able to go back to therapy and preferably if I could do it with like, I would just rather pay them. Because all that uh, health insurance stuff, it really sucks. But I feel like with the, with my experience, 
I felt the pressure of them trying to diagnose me. Yeah. And I also have a problem with their questionnaire. Did mm-hmm. you do the question? Did they when you went to the outside there, the outpatient one? Mm-hmm. Did is it called outpatient? Or the actual therapist that I like? Yeah, the one you like. Yeah, with the outpatient one. Yeah. So with that, with that one, did you have to do the questionnaire thing? It was a it was questions, but it wasn't like the other ones. Like the other one was like, um, in the last six weeks, yeah. how many times have you felt sad or whatever? It wasn't like that. With this one, it was like you had to type more and it was like tell me what you feel like you know you need help with um i don't remember all the questions but it basically was like you being able to explain like why you're actually seeking therapy rather than like let's see if you fall if you know yeah like how bad are you like it's like you're trying to get a scale and it's like there's not a scale like even just answering those questions are uncomfortable yeah because if i answer it too strongly, you're going to think that I'm depressed and about to kill myself. Right. If I answer it too lightly, you're not going to think that I need to be having this appointment. And right. it's like, what am I... Like, it's like, I don't I don't get that. I don't like it. That made me uncomfortable. Um, because I didn't even know that that was a thing. I didn't know I was supposed to check my email um, to do it, like, in my email. Because I guess you could, like, type it in and do it on there. Mm-hmm. So I had it while she was asking me. <laughs> like, so I'm like not trying to think too hard and like trying to be realistic but like also feeling the pressure of like not wanting to sound crazy in this moment i just did not like the questionnaire at all and i remember um she so the way i even chose this one (laughs) is because she was what is it called is it a resident residency Uh uh-huh she wasn't even a like fully licensed she was still doing her hours and everything but the reason why i chose her because they gave me different options and they told me that that that's what she was I was like, okay, she's young. She right. probably the, she got into this field for a reason. I'm assuming, right? So she's probably not bogged down by the system yet, and she's probably like really trying to help people. So let me go with the younger folk, right. the person maybe they got the fire still, right? No, but I feel like it's I feel like it's the training part of it. I feel like when it's a psychiatrist and they're like more on the medical side. They're going to be pushing for that. With the therapist, we didn't talk about medication or anything at all. That wasn't even a conversation that got brought up. And I feel like because it's therapy, it's not like let's clinically see what's wrong with you. It's it's just therapy. So I feel like that's the difference. And it's mind boggling that even as like, even if that is what your goal is, is to like the purpose of your position is to prescribe medication to people who need it so that they can get better. Right. Why every person that touches your office or speaks to you, why did each and every one of them need medication? Right. And I didn't, they didn't try to prescribe me anything. She actually told me, you know, you're, you're, she was like, you're, you're, you know, you're doing great. We probably only have a couple more, uh, sessions in my head. I'm like, we didn't talk about nothing. Like it was 45 <laughs> minutes. And you just trying to get a feel of, do I have, people around me that care about me and like we didn't even talk about nothing right and it just felt i don't know and then the last thing i'm gonna complain about her in the middle of it she was like oh okay yeah i'm just trying i'm just trying to um screen you see if you have ptsd i'm like why are you asking me questions to purposely try to like fit certain diagnosis like that makes no sense to me right right like it just if you ever experienced uh something like that 
it only adds to your feeling of why therapy isn't for you. Right. Because it's like you have this this thought that it's for the extreme cases. Right. Like, and that's not the case. And they need to figure that out. Because that's really <laughs> trash that, <laughs> that it's like that. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to try to purposely put you in this 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 circle of one of these mental health issues. But I feel like it goes into the medication part and mm-hmm. the money part. But I think you guys said like you don't like making doctor's appointments and stuff. For me, therapy was so helpful that I looked forward to it. Like it was like, oh yeah, I got therapy. Like I can't wait to go to therapy. It was a little trash when I had to start doing it uh, over the computer. Yeah, but physically going to therapy, oh, I enjoyed it. It was like all this stuff that I felt like I couldn't say I can finally let it go. And your job is to help me figure, you know, feel better about it and to figure it out and to work through it. I'm not talking to somebody else who is, like you said, like there might be a little bias there, whatever the case may be, or even I don't feel if I'm talking about a specific person, I don't feel like you're taking their side, nor do I, in some situations, I didn't feel like my side was being taken either, but it was pure um what's the word oh my mind just went blank there was no biases Mm -hmm. and so it just was like it was great (laughs) it was great (laughs) i feel like if anybody is thinking about therapy the first step needs to be finding finding somebody first who um you know someone else has gone to so Mm -hmm. you can trust that person um and if you don't have that then i think you need to have like do they offer first meetings to a quick little brief talk? Um, It wasn't brief. It was like a full session, but it was very much of like just getting to know each other. Um, And then they kind of talk for me, they kind of talked about like, okay, so how many times would you want to meet type of thing? Um, So I do feel like the first appointment, you do get a good um, grip of like who this person might be. Mm -hmm. You get to check their tone. You can see their facial expressions, kind of how they deal with what you're saying. Um, so I think, I think one of the things that I would say is don't be afraid to switch. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to switch therapists. You know what I'm saying? Like if this person doesn't work for you, if, because a lot of things could, a lot of things can be triggering. You could go to the therapist and be talking about something and the mere fact of them like right opening their eyes too wide could throw you off like, yeah. ooh they judging you know what I'm saying yeah. so whatever your little thing is making you feel uncomfortable with a therapist switch yeah switch I think also um change your perspective on what trauma is sometimes we think trauma is like this extreme like we think when we think of the word trauma we think of like the most extreme cases mm-hmm. at the end of the day trauma is just an intense experience that you had right and so when you can understand that those intense experiences have real life effects on you and your body outside of just being upset about something. I think it'll make it easier for you to realize that it's okay to seek help for those situations. Right. I think another thing too is realizing that sometimes you, you need help figuring things out in the moment and it doesn't necessarily even have to be like super traumatic. Like it could be that you're going to be, starting a new job, which is going to throw your your schedule out of whack. And maybe you don't deal with change that well. 
you might want to talk. It don't have to be a year worth of therapy, but you might want to talk to somebody for a few months to help you with that transition and to give you tips on how to deal with that transition. So I, at this point, now that I've already gone through therapy, I see it as like, like I said early in the beginning, like it's maintenance um, so that you don't have these big blowouts or big emotional breakdowns because you maintain your mental health in the process. So don't be afraid to, don't feel like you have to have something super crazy happen in order to go to therapy. If you feel like you need maintenance, get maintenance. Absolutely. I need therapy. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I do think though that um, gaining knowledge, reading about stuff, um, listening to podcasts, listening to other mental health experts talk on podcasts and um, some of their books and things like that. I think that that helps too. I think I've been able to manage myself because of those. Right. So, And I think when you're doing that and you're going to therapy, I think it allows you to um, have more of a, have more discernment with some stuff because at the end of the day, the therapist is human too. Mm-hmm. And maybe some stuff that they say isn't going to resonate with you very well. And so I think with me, watching podcasts and reading and stuff like that, listening to other people. I think that when certain things got brought up that we talked about in therapy, it kind of like validated like, okay, like I'm being counseled in the right, the right way. Like this makes sense outside of just me. Like this theory makes sense outside of just me, but sometimes it didn't happen to me, but sometimes it could be like, you know what? that particular thing wasn't for me. You know, they might've said that and it's not that they trying to harm you, but it just doesn't work for you personally. And being aware of that and listening to other people talk and listening to other theories and ideas, it allows you to recognize that rather than everything the therapist says, you're doing it by the teeth. Last thing I promise is the last thing I would say, because that just made me think of something. Also, I don't, I don't have a therapy experience like you. So I don't know if this is something you can get from therapy as well. I'm sure it is. But also with listening to the experts talk about it, reading the books, looking into it yourself, Mm -hmm. you start to have words that you can use to put on your feelings. Yes. And that just having a word like makes you feel it it helps validate some of that stuff that you're feeling. Because when you don't talk about it, you're not sure exactly what it is that you're feeling. So just be able to have like. This is what that is. And sometimes it's not even like, this is exactly what it is. It's like, oh, that's like, it just helps be able to, and it helps to be able to speak about it a little bit better. When you want to express yourself to be able to say like, I'm feeling X, like whatever it is. Right. So I think that that's important too, being able to validate the way that you're feeling. You're not crazy. There's a word for it. There's other people going through the same exact thing. Um, It doesn't make you good or bad that that is whatever it is right so i think that's the other part yeah i think you just said validate i think that was one of the big things for me too was that i felt validated in how i felt i didn't feel crazy i didn't feel like i was tripping or anything like that i was very much validated in how i felt um and that alone just with anything even when you're just going to talk to a friend sometimes you just want to be validated like you ain't tripping like i see your i see your side of it and so that is extremely extremely helpful absolutely i I just think that i hope this conversation can break down um because i know a lot of it was speaking on the bad about mental mental health and therapy and everything and about some bad experiences that we had but i hope that with especially with 
your story and how you were able to find something that works for you and you were able to actually get help and see changes within your your life and your situation Mm -hmm. i hope that this breaks down some of that negative stigma that's behind mental health and therapy and i hope that it allows someone to be encouraged to be able to find somebody that works for you yeah i think that there's beauty and i think that there's power in finding a therapist that works for you it's funny but as i started noticing changes i'd be like you know because i I was going to therapy you know? <laughs> like now it's on the regular right yeah so it's definitely not all bad experiences like you said it's about finding someone being patient with finding someone you know recognizing when it's not going to work for you being okay with letting that other person go and kind of starting over um but yeah even like you said even though we did talk about bad experiences that one good experience for me was enough to turn my whole mindset about it around absolutely well thank you guys for tuning in do you have anything you want to add go to therapy go to therapy go to therapy therapy. thank you guys again for tuning in to this episode um leaving feedback absolutely helps the channel grow so leave some feedback for us we'll I think that's something that we should do. I haven't even said this to you. I think that whenever we do get feedback, I think we should acknowledge it on the social media platforms. I like that. I like that. I think that'll be really dope. But either way, go leave some feedback, subscribe, uh, share with somebody, spread the word. And thank you again. Thank you. Peace.